Respect. Sevome. Respeto. Spoštujmo. Respect words. Ithiki dimosiografia ja ti nadimetopisi tis ritorikis tumisus. Etično novinarstvo proti sovražnemu govoru. Il potere delle parole. Respect for worten, respect for menschen gegen hasreden. Atisztelet hangján szólunk. Riportok, interjúk, tudósítások a gyűlöletbeszéd ellen. Mi becsüljük a másikat. Respect. La onda local de Andalucía contra los discursos de odio. Más or oco? Erisorok de etikul, iguena kainta fuha. Ethical journalism against hate speech. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. and welcome to this, the 14th programme in the Respect Words series in which we look at hate speech from various perspectives. This week we're looking at Islamophobia and a European report on Islamophobia has referred to worrying developments in the treatment and perception of Muslims in Ireland. And I'm joined today by Saham Mohammed, who is a Muslim living here in Ireland. Hi Saham. Hi, how are you? And I'm also joined by James Carr, who's a lecturer in sociology, and he's also a member of the Hate and Hostility Research Group, which is in the University of Limerick. Hi, James. Yes. Hi, good afternoon, everyone. Hi, good afternoon, Saheem. Hi. So, Saheem, I'll go to you first. You're living here. How long are you living here in Ireland? Four years. Four years. And in that time, have you yourself... Um, been treated uh, with prejudice or had hate speech thrown at you? No, there's a kind of pity, please. Have you experienced hate speech or prejudice? Uh, yes. Do you want to tell us about that? Experience for them? Yes, your experience with um, hatred towards you or prejudice towards you or name calling or anything that you may have experienced while here. Or anywhere else? Yes, of course, I have experience in here or uh, my country, uh, but everything okay for me, you know? Right. Um, uh, of course, you were the hijab, which is uh, a veil. Yes. And yes. I suppose that makes you stand out more um, to, to ridicule. Yeah. Hmm? Yes, I put hijab and not any problem in uh, Ireland. No problem in Ireland? That's fantastic. James would be delighted to hear that. So, so James, you've you've written the um, 
the Irish chapter or being part of the Irish chapter of this particular report. And as far as I know, you don't even like calling it Islamophobia. So do you want to tell us about the report and the statistics you've come across? Yeah, for sure. Well, um, if if you don't mind, I I wouldn't mind just... um engaging with the the idea around um just hate speech itself yes um, and, it, and it, that that term mm-hmm. okay i'm an academic and so forth but that term is is problematic in in its own way and that mm-hmm. what we talk about is is not just hate speech um hate speech is one aspect yes um but if we talk about hate crime and hostility mm-hmm. uh, if we can just use the terms maybe for a second such as um hostility and discrimination uh, might be a little bit more, um, I guess, real to people. Yes. Oftentimes, when we talk about hate speech, um, you'll get people who say, "Oh, look, you know, you can't penalise what people are saying. You shouldn't penalise thought and so forth." Th- this is not about penalising a person's thought or their freedom of thought. It's about engaging with those people who engage with acts that are uh, anti-Muslim or racist or, or, or in a broader sense. Um, that involve, for example, um, shouting abuse at someone uh, on the street, telling someone to go home, even though they're they're black and they're Irish, or they're Muslim and black and Irish, or whatever, um, or um, giving someone a level of treating somebody uh, in terms of accessing um, services uh, with less respect and less uh, dignity, and with a poorer service or even no service at all, simply because they are of their identity. Um, and hate crime can manifest against groups, and hate and hostility and discrimination can manifest against groups um, mm. based on one's skin color, one's religious identities, one's yeah. sexualities, um, gender identity, whether a person is uh, living with a disability or not. Um, so hate speech itself is only one facet of, of a broader thing. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in terms of anti-Muslim racism, um, and it's interesting to listen to Sahim, and, and I'm, I'm delighted that Sahim has not experienced anything in terms of um, anti-Muslim hostility or discrimination here. And long, long may that be the case. Um, mm. My work with the European Islamophobia Report is based on, originally, I suppose, it's based off my own re- research with Muslim communities in Ireland. Um, about in, in 2010, I, for my doctoral research at the time, I engaged with uh, trying to find out what the experiences of Muslim men and women were right across the country. Mm -hmm. Um, So I used uh, surveys and I used interviews and focus groups to engage with um, Muslim men and women. Just over 324 people took part in the research from right across the country to find out what their experiences of anti-Muslim hostility and discrimination were. And the key thing is that it's discrimination and hostility um, that a person experiences on being targeted um, on the basis of their Muslim identity. So mm. the point you made there, Adrian, of um, yeah, you know, Sahim uh, wearing the hijab and being uh, visually identifiable as Muslim is a key aspect in this, obviously. It's a, yes. it's a key issue. But the reason I don't use the term Islamophobia, um, and there are lots of people who do and are perfectly fine to use it, um, Islamophobia is, d- doesn't tell us really what's going on. It, you know, at kind of first blush, it tells us that it's... Um, it's a phobia. It's a personal kind of um, illness, if you will. Or a fear. Um, but it doesn't tell us. It doesn't tell us what's really going on. Like a fear of Islam. What is that? You mm. know, um, anti-Muslim racism talks more to the uh, to the processes. So what's going on in the background? So if we think about races, we know that races don't exist. There are genetically there are no such thing as races. Biological races do not exist. Mm. Full stop. Not up for question or debate. Um, but. Groups that are identified as a race, 
whether you're identified as being Irish, for example, um, as a member of a quote-unquote Irish race, or whether you're black and African or black and whatever else. And with, the, with these identities, you see certain stereotypes, um, certain characteristics that are stereotypically associated with it. So to be white and Irish, for example, is to be you know, drunk, poor, poor at the work you do, late for work, um, and so on and so forth, um, with this sort of tendency to want to start fights with people. Um, to be um, a, a black uh, man or a woman comes with particular characteristics that that person's supposed to have. You know, for men, we can think of uh, how black men have been presented in the past as being sort of hypersexual, for example, um, and and not very clever, not very bright. You know, this sort of uh, these stereotypes that are completely unfounded, but of course are ascribed to all members of those communities. With Muslim communities, we can see how Muslim men, for example, are presented as being misogynistic. Um, all patriarchal, um, that Muslim men oppress their wives in that context, that they are naturally inclined toward terrorism, which of course we know, unfortunately, terrorism is, uh, isn't, is not the, uh, the, the um, property of any one group at all. Mm. Um, and Muslim women are presented as being uh, passive kind of victims, you know, lacking in intellect and subject to, uh, to, to, to their, their Muslim men. So when we see these stereotypes associated with particular groups, we see groups as being what we refer to in sociological literature as being racialized, as being constructed as a group, mm. that all members within that group have certain characteristics that are, are deemed to be innate in that person. Well, I suppose it would go back to even um, the times of the Troubles here in Ireland, mm. when you'd be brought a, an Irish person as soon as they would speak, they were categorized as, oh, you're... you're part of your ter- ter- terrorist you know so it all goes That's back it, Adrian, to yeah. yes but and would Adrian, that then that go way? into media coverage then um, of these well, events absolutely, abs- absolutely and I'd be interested to hear what Sahim says about this but just to give you an idea though um, as soon as when you mentioned there about somebody you know opening their mouth and I, I lived in the UK as well um, mm-hmm. just at the end of the troubles and when somebody the, the, my only marker of Irishness really uh, in the United <coughs> Kingdom was my accent you know similarly within um, Muslim communities uh, for a Muslim woman, for example, her uh, marker of Muslimness may, if she wears hijab, may be her hijab, you know, mm-hmm. uh, maybe the key thing. But uh, I, I'd be interested to hear what uh, Sahim says about the media and, and media reporting around um, uh, around Muslim communities and what she sees. Yes. Sahim, do you want to come in there? What what yes. what do you see um, when, you, when you look at the TV? Do you think there is a, a bias or a, a wrong interpretation on media coverage? Sorry, <laughs> not understand exactly what you mean. Well, well when you look at the TV, I mean, um, we're trying yes. to say that uh, the media coverage um, of is- Islamic uh, people or Muslim people are, are shown as um, being terrorists. That's basically what we what we see, what they're portraying. Do you think that, or have you noticed that? I, James, I, James, I think the line is is bad for for Sahim. Um, do you want to continue? In terms of what you're saying there, in terms of media representation, there is. I mean, it's it's, it's long catalogued the um, the manner in which Muslim communities are constructed for various mm-hmm. reasons and and for political reasons, oftentimes. Um, whether it's the political ideology of the newspaper involved, um, if it's someone who wants to sensationalize sensationalize something to sell. Um, newspapers, you know, um, yes. the, there's various researches that have been done to demonstrate that there is the kind of stereotypical image that we get of Muslim communities are those which I mentioned a moment ago, you know, that their tendencies towards terrorism, that for some reason, um, 
that Muslim communities don't integrate into society and uh, that Muslim communities don't want to, um, are, are quote-unquote incapable of being socially um, mobile in terms of class position and so forth, mm. which of course we know are, are incredibly flawed. Like, I'll put it this way to you, you know, the, 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 there are over 1.6 billion Muslim men and women around the world that come from a huge range of different backgrounds, you know, different identities in terms of class, gender, sexualities. We can think of different identities in terms of uh, um, um, politics and so forth, not to mention just cultural differences. Mm. Um, but all we get is this one image, and the image is normally the the, the sort of uh, the, 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 the stereotype of, like I said, the aggressive Muslim man, the ir- irrational Muslim man, and the, the passive Muslim woman. And that, that, the real problem with all of this uh, bar the, the the source of these political kind of sort of comments is that this impacts upon Muslim men and women very really on the street you know very clearly on the street and mm. in my own research um, one in three Muslim men and women had experienced anti-Muslim hostility and discrimination out of that sample of just over 320 odd people mm-hmm. and within that if we look at the differences between Muslim women and Muslim men Muslim women were almost twice as likely to experience hostility and discrimination when compared to Muslim men. And the sort of things that were said to people on the street were, oh, you know, um, bin Laden or bin Laden's wife or Al-Qaeda or or, uh, ISIS and ISIL and all these sort of terms that were thrown at people. And you see very clearly the the stereotypes coming through. And, And, you know, what's horrible to think is this oftentimes happens to men and women, happens in front of kids on the street. Mm. And in the aftermath of some horrible events that take place in, for example, the terrorist attacks we've seen across Europe in the last number of years. Um, in the aftermath of these attacks, you see innocent people who are just like you and me going about their daily business being yes. targeted and subjected to physical and verbal abuse on the basis that because they're Muslim, they must have some sort of currency with these terrorists, which of course they don't. Mm-hmm. And Muslim people, uh, it, and I think it's a credit um, to groups such as the uh, Islamic Cultural Center of Ireland. There is the Islamic Cultural Center there in Blanchardstown as well, and, and others. The Islamic Foundation of Ireland on South Circular Road, who unfortunately have to, but repeatedly come out and condemn acts of terrorism that take place uh, because they, they know that this is not Islamic, and they know that it's Muslim people who get targeted as well at the end of it. Yes, yes, it, it's dreadful, really. Now, um, with the also, there's a lack of hate crime legislation here, which we we know and. Um, there's, uh, you say there's a potential for exclusion of Muslims within the Irish education system. Do you want to elaborate on that? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Well, colleagues of mine, Dr. Amanda Haynes and Dr. Jennifer Schwepp here in um, the University of Limerick have done um, particular work around hate crime legislation and drafting ideas around um, hate crime legislation. And I worked with them on that project for, for a short while. Mm. Um, the Right now in this country, if, if a person is targeted on the street mm. um, on the basis of their identity so again if it's mem- if it's your membership of a religious uh, community um, if it's because of your sexuality mm. um, if it's because of uh, your, your the disability you you you, you have embodied um, mm. if it's about your your race and so forth if you're targeted essentially as because of who you are on the street that will not be treated any differently to a common assault now a common assault like could be walking out of a cinema one evening and somebody might attack me purely because I was in the wrong place at the wrong time mm. Um, if I walk out of a building and I'm attacked because I'm Muslim or because I'm Jewish or because I'm a gay man or a woman, that's different. I'm being targeted on the basis of who I am. I can't do anything to change who I am. That's, you know, it's, it's part of my identity. Mm. Um, right now, the Irish context, the legislation does not recognize that at all. And what we often see, um, and it's, 
it's referred to a lot in kind of the academic discourse, is that hate crime hate crime serves a purpose to send a message to the, the victim that they're, they're not really part of the dominant group in society, that their difference makes them other, if you will, you know, and mm. that unless you follow fall into line with how it is to fit in in this country, then, you know, you're just going to have to suffer the consequences, and that's what manifests in, in, in the form of hate crime. Hate crime legislation, on the other hand, sends a message that hate crimes are not tolerated in society and mm. that people, all people of different colours, creeds, sexualities and so forth are part of Irish society and welcome within Irish society and that it's um, that we won't tolerate um, hostility, we won't tolerate a young man or a young woman or a child being attacked because of who they are mm. um, and that we, we, we believe in diversity. Essentially, right now we see an awful lot of talk about diversity policies and so forth um, and we can talk the talk to a point but we're not walking the walk in terms of supporting people. Uh, it's interesting actually in the context, if I can just slightly deviate as well for a second, mm-hmm. in the context of um, the most recent migration uh, strategy that came in uh, into in the current government um, in February of last year. Mm. The, there was talk of, um, you know, uh, an integration policy and how we're going to, how the state is going to engage with, diff- with different communities. That document, despite the fact that there is extant evidence now on Muslim communities experiencing hostility and discrimination in Ireland, that document only referred to Muslim communities in the context of young Muslims being a risk um, to, to um, being radicalised and being potential terrorists within Irish society. Nice. Um, so that points up another problem in terms of Irish policies in that sense. Um, in terms of the, the, the education context, we've had problems with people accessing schools, um, mm. people not being able to access schools because of their... Uh, religious identity and that that stands for Muslim people stands for people from a Sikh background Hindu background people who uh, don't align with any faith identity and atheists and so forth have mm-hmm. uh, been subject to exclusion from schools admission policies now the government have been working on this for it's into the third year now of draft legislation so we'll see how that changes in time mm. of course Irish people would well. say the same they're, they they've been finding it difficult to get their children in if they're not of the Catholic faith or you know they're finding well, absolutely. it difficult Adrian, and there's when we say Irish people, of course, we include Irish Muslims as well. Yes, of that, course. And, and yes. Irish people from minority faith. Because, you know, yes. the, the, the state system historically has been one which has been dominated um, for for real reality or otherwise. It's been dominated with an idea that, you know, everyone's kind of white and Catholic. Do you know what I mean? So mm. even if you're um, now from a Irish and from a, a minority faith, faith, if you convert or if you're born into um, your second, third, fourth generation Muslim here, for example, um, the presumption is that you're, you know what I mean, you're not from, from here. The, but inside the classrooms too, I mean, I've I've seen um, in my own research, I've, uh, young students have shared their experiences, young women um, around the hijab, not being able to wear it in schools. Um, young men, one young man in, in particular told me how he was told to shut up Allah by his teacher inside in the classroom oh when they were having a debate about Islam. I mean, that we would that's not acceptable for any any group or any community. And it's, you know, we, sh- we shouldn't tolerate that. Um, mm. We do need to, to, to address these. Now, I can tell you in, in a little while that we are working on those. I'm working with colleagues in the Immigrant Council of Ireland and also with the Organisation for Security and Cooperation in Europe on a project right now to try and challenge racism, anti-Muslim racism in the school context. But it, and the problems are there and they, they go right, right across um, right across society. Mm. Well, this is it. Um, I mean, regulations would have to be put in place um, to stop teachers 
um, having mm-hmm. whatever prejudice they may have to bring bring that um, into the classrooms. But uh, on, on speaking on that, it's uh, kind of worrying to think that Peter O'Loughlin, who's a founding member of PEGADA, which is the Patriotic yeah. European Against Islamic uh, Islamization in the West, um, and he's also a founding member of Identity Ireland. Um, so, and he's a primary school teacher. That's kind of scary to think that. Well, it is absolutely scary, and, and I mean the, the groups groups such as um, Identity Ireland and uh, Pegida Ireland. I mean, I was. Um, there, when Pegida tried to set up in Dublin on February 6th last year, which and, and they weren't allowed uh, mm. to set up um, on O'Connell Street in Dublin, which is a wonderful event because there were so many people from different communities in Ireland who stood uh, and stood up to face down uh, yes, hatred yes, um, as it was great. manifesting. Uh, look, this, this, the, the, the notion of an Islamization of Europe is, you couldn't, you know, if it wasn't so serious, it would be laughable. Yes. Um, Muslim communities are by far in the minority in Europe. Um, if you look at the Irish context, Muslim communities are just over 1% of the population. There is no Islamization going on in Ireland. There is no uh, population replacement, as they would say, going on in Ireland. Likewise, there is no such population replacement going on in Germany or in France. These people are not dealing in real-world evidence. They are really making a political point. Um, it's a far-right fascist political point that they're trying to drive home. Mm. And it's, um, it's not welcome in this society. Um, and it's something that needs to be challenged in every possible uh, opportunity that's given. Um, the the idea that someone is also um, a teacher in our schools, it just points up that, look, you, you do have, across society, regardless of the position of a person, um, whether they're a professional or non-professional, um, anti-Muslim or anti-immigrant or whatever kind of perspectives can come through uh, particular um, groups. And look, I'm not saying that we can't be critical of policy. I'm not saying that we can't be critical of Islam. That's not Islamophobia, is not being critical of Islam saying that all Muslim people are X, Y, and Z and saying that Muslim people are trying to take over this country and so forth, that's something different than criticizing the faith of Islam, um, which itself is an incredibly diverse faith. And and indeed, I would suggest that um, people who are coming from that perspective engage and contact the local mosque to develop their understanding of Islam. Mm, Definitely. I mean, um, with regards to even, how do we go about then getting education to even the Gardaí to, to try to deal with these um, problems um, where people are being threatened and then to education, to the media, to try to stop them using words such as terrorist, ex- extremist, you know, um, yeah. th- they're yeah. the type of words that they put out. They um, yep. only show the, the negative scenes. Um, but but how do we how do we fight that? How do we get, get, get in at that? Well, again, it's through creating an awareness of the problems with this. I mean, like I said, uh, no one is asking for a call to freedom of speech. If so, we, I, I disagree with, with a person's values and so forth, and they're entitled to, to, to share their values. But once they can engage with some sort of objective um, evidence, then to find out when a person is, uh, you, you know, the, the, the flaws in their argument, essentially, is fine. In terms of the media representations, look, there's some fantastic people working within media that present uh, balanced reports on uh, issues relating to Muslim communities and Islam. There are also others who um, for, could, could do it, uh, undertaking kind of a deeper analysis on their use of words. So, mm-hmm. for example, by repeatedly, re- repeatedly using terms such as Islamic terrorism, um, that's incredibly pub- problematic. There is no mm-hmm. Islamic terrorism. There are people who engage in terrorist acts who claim to do it in the name of Islam. The average Muslim person on the street can challenge that, yeah. just like I can challenge somebody who's, who claims to be engaging in terrorist activity on the basis of doing it in the name of Irish people. You mm-hmm. know, there's... 
nobody, you know, in, in Christian uh, communities in, in, in Norway would say that what Breivik did in, in Norway was, was Christian or what the KKK have done in the United States is, is Christian as well. So we need to, to, to break the connection, you know, and the sort of the quick uh, position that people take, which is, oh, look, you know, this is Muslim terrorism or Islamic terrorism or this is jihadism and so forth, and get people to, to use language responsibly, I would argue. Um, mm. And yes, like I said, this is not to shut down free speech. It's not to shut down criticism of communities or criticism of Islam or so forth. But it's to ask people to come at this from a, um, a position of responsibility, really. Yes, yes, definitely. And to look at people um, uh, with the same feeling as themselves, that we're all the same, basically. And um, I think it, it would be nice if, if people took on that um, that ideal that they, mm. they, they treat each other as they would like to be treated themselves, you know, and, and I think mean, of, I don't see how Ireland can't look back to the way we were treated. Um, you know, oh, the Paddy, or oh, the Irish, and when the signs were up, no blacks, no dogs, no Irish. Um, you would think right. we would think back to that and not behave I- in such a way towards people. Well, right, absolutely. And, and like, when there is that sort of amnesia in terms of experiences mm. of racism, and I think, you know, Irish people who maybe have travelled in the last few years to Australia um, would have experienced potentially anti-Irish uh, sentiment. I certainly mm. had it when I lived in the UK. The The fact that Groups such as the far-right groups in the United Kingdom have oftentimes targeted Irish communities on the basis that Irish are so-called terrorists. And yes. we, we see, it's kind of ironic that we see some of these groups being come, come across here to Ireland now in the guise of Pegida, um, who've just moved their, their focus of their ire from, from being uh, Irish communities and Jewish communities to Muslim communities for now. Mm. Um, we have this historic sort of amnesia that, look, uh, the Irish people have been and are the target of racist activity from time to time uh, as well. And mm. that needs to be that needs to be addressed. And of course, within that, we can think of Irish Muslim people being targeted within there as well for on the basis of being Irish, for example. Mm. Um, there is what you're saying there is, is, is a noble a noble call in the sense that uh, if I can borrow from Panty Bliss, in, in that it's you know, you're talking about taking each other as we are um, and recognizing people and the, the similarities we have. I mean, we all have the same issues about mm. you know trying to get a job, trying to, to you know um, go about our business. The snow the other day was a great leveler, if you know what I mean, in, in the sense that we all had to say face the same issues. About accessing food and and, and healthcare and uh, and road, road roads and so forth for transport, mm. but we also need to acknowledge and respect diversity and, and welcome diversity and see how diversity can enrich our society and not to be afraid of it. You know, oftentimes the people who are the very people who say that Irish um, that we need to maintain Irish society because you know our society is uh, being our Irish culture, quote unquote, is somehow being diluted. I often feel that these people must have no faith in their cultural background that it's so easily diluted by such a small number of people who come yeah. to the society in the last number of years. I have a, my own personal view on this is to have a, a competent Irishness, an Irishness that embraces diversity and uh, recognises how diversity can enrich, enrich Irish society in, in, in the long term. Exactly, yes, that's true. That's a lovely way to end the show. Unfortunately, we've come to the end um, of our time. It's it's run out so fast. It's been really lovely talking to you, James, and thank you so much. Yeah, I think we lost Saham somewhere along the way, unfortunately, the line. So thank you so much, James. I'm sure I'll speak to you again in the future. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. That's the end of this edition of Respect Words, and please tune in next week for more of the same. Respect. Sevome. Respeto. Spostuimo. Respect words. Ithiki dimosiografia ya tinadimetopisi tis ritorikis tumisus.
Etično novinarstvo proti sovražnemu govoru. Il potere delle parole. Respekt vor Worten, Respekt vor Menschen gegen Hassreden. A tiszteletvangján szólunk. Riportok, interjúk, tudósítások a gyűlöletbeszéd ellen. Mi becsüljük a másikat. Respekt. La onda local de Andalucía contra los discursos de odio. Más or oco? Erisorok de etikó, iguana kainta fuha. Ethical journalism against hate speech. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Respect words. Supported by the Rights, Equality and Citizenship Programme of the European Union.